Welcome to Living Clean and Dirty, the story of a family dragged into a healthy living by the lady of the house. That's me, but just because I started living clean doesn't mean I stopped being filthy. Welcome to another edition of Living Clean and Dirty. You know what? Stop. Stop. Welcome to the goddamn it Netflix Why the Fuck Did You Cancel Sense8 podcast. Oh my god. I'm so angry. I'm, I'm so angry. Sense8 was like the best TV show ever. It was probably, it was better than Knight Rider. It was one it of was, the it was best awesome. shows that, yeah. that, that I've seen myself. Or that we've seen it as a couple. Mark is Mark and I are both devastated, devastated. And, and and Netflix needs to bring this TV show back. They're not gonna, but god damn damn it. God damn it. God damn it. <sighs> Alright. So um this is our last installment of the Ten Step Commandments, and we were on the tenth commandment, and I have to tell you, for a long time there were only nine. I'll be truthful. There were only nine. And Mark's like, you have to come up with a tenth. You have to come up with a tenth. And I was like, I don't know what my tenth is going to be. And it Why came would you only come up with nine? Because, I don't know, and ten sounds nice. I couldn't think of the last one, and I thought of it this week. First of all, as I promised my faithful listener, Herbert, I, sw- I swore I would tell them what TV show I had watched that spawned this podcast it was spawned, wasn't it it still is not spawned was it lost so i was watching a tv show with my daughter where an adult woman was talking with her mother who was dying and her mother was giving her advice chicago hope and she went to the window i don't know to open the window or something gotham and she was doing her nails and the mother was giving these like tidbits of information that she should know before she dies american idol and she came back and... I love this doesn't even She had right died. And I swore that I would was say Was it from that, the fall? No. And was it Legends from the fall? <laughs> no. I never really fully watched that movie. It, I couldn't make it through. It's... It, it was... It was... Rough. So... I'm sorry, my, my I just kid, yawned. My, my I kid, know, I know. Every yawn... Is a blowjob fast enough? I don't and think apparently so. Apparently, I was not no, fast enough. No, you were enough. not. It was like a half yawn. So the I TV... Looking, I was looking at the 2018 Netflix schedule and just getting angrier and angrier. The TV show is um, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, fuck. What a shocker. I love Chandra Rhimes. And uh, this was Grey's Anatomy. Oh, God. No where wonder I haven't seen it. one of the doctors was taking care of her mother, and that did it. So... That is the TV show for those of you that were waiting and finding out Wait, what TV show spawned this. Who is the mother? Some random lady. Sally Field? No. The show wasn't Gidget? No. The Flying Nun? No. This is the stupidest game ever. So, the last installment... Smoking the Bandit? Like I said, was... <laughs> I love that movie. I know you do. Um... The last installment is probably one of the most important things that I would tell my daughters 
if I was dying. Take care of your parents. And besides that, change their diaper. Oh no my god! How gross it is. Don't because we put them in a yours. home. Don't put them in a home. That's why I'm telling you. That's why I'm glad I have daughters. So, I thought about my past, and this is like I love to talk to myself while driving. I've told you this before. Right. With and the advent of Bluetooth and thank and God headphones. You don't look like a fucking psychotic. I don't anymore. look like a moron just talking to myself. While, while, while driving, people think I'm on the phone. I'm not, but people think I am. So tonight's installment is pretty much, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It is to expect more. To demand more. When I was in my previous life, you wouldn't believe this, but I was a teacher not that Mark's like, what a shocker, because he knows this about me. But uh, I was a teacher, and I think I'm still a teacher. I was an exotic dancer. And I think I'm still a teacher, but I am just... still an, an exotic, exotic dancer. <laughs> Private dancer. A dancer for money. <laughs> do what you want to do. I think I'm a teacher in a grand scale scale of things. I mean, living clean and dirty is a way for me to teach others my own beliefs and strange shit that I do. But I did not when I was younger. I wish I I wish I knew now what I knew then. I put up with so much shit because I expected so little of people. I expected so little of friends. I expected so little. I know you wouldn't believe this, but I dated other people before you. Yeah, I didn't exactly pluck you ripe off the vine. And so I didn't expect anything from anybody. And I took whatever was given to me. And what ended up happening, I think the greatest study when I was going through school for teaching, my favorite study was... They gave these teachers these special ed kids and told them that they were the gifted and talented kids. And the teachers expected them because, and nobody knew. The students didn't know. The teachers didn't know what was being told. And the teachers expected so much from these kids because they were the gifted and talented class when really they were special ed. And they came up they met the expectations of the teachers and I did not do that for years it was like whatever crumbs were handed to me I was like oh thank you oh you know nobody I remember dating and this is what I was thinking of and talking to myself in the car I remember all the years of dating guys where I expected nothing I went out of my way for them they did nothing for me, and I put up with it for years. And I would teach my daughters the one important lesson that I would give them is you need to expect more. You need to raise the fucking bar and not just take whatever comes to you and say, thank you, sir, can I have another? There is absolutely no way, no universe, where I am not getting laid tonight. You're a good guy. I am a 
very good guy. You're a really good guy. I'm a very good guy. I am a magnificent husband. I actually was thinking about it, and um, not a lot of people know this story, but when I first met Mark, I, like, a weekend or two later, had to go to Philly. I had uh, tickets to uh, a baseball game in Philadelphia. And I told him, I was like, listen, I just met you. We were inseparable. But I was like, I have to go meet a friend of mine. Uh, She didn't live. She lived in D.C. and I lived in New York. And we were meeting up in Philly to go to a baseball game. And I had the tickets and I was like, I don't have a ticket for you or anything like that. But I'm going to go to Philly. And I'll never forget, you said to me, all right, I'll drive you to Philly. We lived in New York City at the time. It's not a hop, skip, and a jump. I'll drive you there. And then I was staying like one or two days or something. And you were like, and I'll, I'll drop you off and I'll come back and I'll pick you up. I, had, uh, I was going to take Amtrak. Can I, can I inter- interject with a, with a vial of truth yeah. here? It was Boston. Unless you're thinking of some other fucking guy who who you ran this scam on and got a free trip to Philly, you harlot. This is Boston. It was Boston. It was, hi, Kelly. And it was fucking Boston. It and was you, Boston. And you still didn't think you, you had a drinking problem. Oh, my God. So I was meeting Kelly in Boston. That's oh, why. okay, okay, okay. All right. You know what? That's okay. I'm just going to edit this part out. I want you to know I'm, I'm like fucking shaking. This part I'm out. shaking my head. I can't believe I messed that up. It wasn't Philly. It was Boston. It's like nobody watches the Phillies. You were right. It was. Of course I was right. It was a Red Sox game. It was a Red Sox game. I grew up in Connecticut where you were either a Red Sox fan or. Oh, you were one of the damn Yankees. And I was a Red Sox fan. That's right. So That's I was like, oh, you're going right. Fenway. Well, at least I know where it is. He's absolutely I'll right. I, I will forget forget Amtrak. I was like, I think you're terrific. I will take you to Boston. you want to go. That's exactly right. I can't believe I screwed that up. It was a Boston Red Sox game. We had tickets. And I was meeting Kelly. And I called up Kelly, and I think I was like, do you mind if this guy, like, drops me off or whatever? You stayed the night, and then you came back. Maybe you came back and picked me up. Did I take the Amtrak home? I, th- I may have taken Amtrak home. No, I'm fairly confident. This is the worst story ever. I'm fairly <laughs> confident I came back to get you. Jesus. Oh, that's right. So Jesus, I ain't a one-way guy, babe. Yeah, no, he's right. He's right. It was Boston. And again, New York City to Boston is not a hop, skip, and a jump. It was fine. And he drove me, and he made sure that I went to the game, and he drove me home, and he met Kelly. That's right. Right. So first time you met Kelly. Yeah, we ended up surprising, at, like at a bar after the game. I, like, I met up with you guys. Like, I came back and met you guys at the bar. And then I, I brought you I brought you back to home. Yeah, and I never... Home. So the whole point was I never had anybody that did that. It would have been me driving to Boston to pick up some douchebag. And so I, I, you have to find somebody. And I remember 
when that happened, I was like, wow, a whole new world opened up. This is what it's supposed to be like. And so that you need to absolutely expect more. You know, listen, the joke from this Grey's Anatomy TV show is the one piece of advice that the mother gave before she died was find somebody who loves you more than you love them. Which I find uncomfortable every time you like to repeat. I found someone who loves me more than I love them. Motherfucker, I think she's talking about me. We we both understand that that's not how I talk, right? No, it's what you say, but it's not how you sound. I, I don't... Ah, you need to find I don't talk like that. Stop, stop doing I that. I don't talk like that. That's the wrong hole. That's not right. That's... It's not going to fit. So, for my girls, and for those of you listening out there, because I wish I knew them what I knew now, you need to expect more. Expect more, and people rise to your expectations. And if they don't, the second they fucking don't, you get the fuck out. I had guys that didn't treat me right, and they never treated me right. But I was like, oh, maybe if I stay... See, I guess I do do that. Yeah. Oh, if I stay, maybe they'll treat me... No, they won't. They don't fucking respect you. You don't own me. You don't own me. It's the F-Y-S-Y. Fuck you, see ya. F-Y. F-Y. Fuck you, see ya. I I never heard that before. It's a living, clean, and dirty exclusive. Just, just made it up. It, While it, you were talking, I was just doing the letters in my head. Oh, okay. Then I don't feel F-Y-S-Y. so bad not knowing what it is. But you need to demand more because of you whoever. It. Because whoever, you deserve it. That's right. Whoever you're going to be with. Boy, girl, green Martian. I don't give a fuck. But whoever. White Martian? It doesn't matter. Okay. Not making it a race thing. No, no, no. Thing. Blue Martian. I don't give a fuck. No, there are no Blue Martians. No. That's How pretend. do you know? Because that's fucking pretend, Ellen. <laughs> Jesus. You need... Pick up a comic book. You need to expect and demand more. You want to know why? Tell me. Because you fucking deserve it. Testify! Amen, sister! Okay, not your sister. Although, I'm not opposed to a sister thing. Ew. Like... Scissor sisters. I have brothers. <laughs> I. Ugh. So, I. You I'm need. I'm an orphan. You need to demand more. And not just of a significant other. Right. right. I was going to chime in with that. What about that job? Why don't you tell the story about that job that I went for where they fucking lied to me? The blow or the hand? No. <laughs> Go ahead. You tell them, and you tell them what you told me. Well, ironically enough, this story is truly set in Philly. This was, this was. No, Ellen. it was the one in. Um, it was like Canarsie. No, it was in no, Brooklyn. This is, the one, this is the one in Philly where you where you got on the train. No, it? no, I don't know what you're talking about. No, the, I, is the LSD finally kicking in? No, I got a job when why, we were dating. Why don't you tell the story? Oh, uh, this story. Yes. Okay. okay now right. you go. No, no, you you lived it. You lived it. You tell so you tell the you. story. I'll chime in with my part. 
So I got a job. When I met Mark, I was unemployed, and I was uh, in between careers, and I was actually a teacher, and I got a teaching job. And it was like the mid-year. I mean, if anybody knows about teaching, obviously, you start in September. And this job was offered to me. This guy, super nice older gentleman, offered me this job. I was going to be, I'm an ESL teacher, which is English as a second language. And it was an ESL teaching job, and it was in Brooklyn. It was like a really bad school. The couple of years earlier, they were known in New York City for horrible race riots. But they had gotten better, supposedly. And he offered me this job. A woman was, um, and it was a full-time job. So I took the job. The, because the, the current teacher was going on, like, maternity Yeah, life. but they didn't tell me that. No, 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 no. She okay. was going... They told me it was going to be a full-time job. Okay. I get to work. I'm super excited. It's like the middle of the year. I'm super excited, and I get to the job, and I go to HR to fill out forms. And they said, no, 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 no. This is not a full-time job. It's, it's It's a fucking daily hire. It's a daily hire. And I said, what are you talking about? That's not how it was explained to me. Evidently, the teacher that I was replacing, um, we live in New York, and her daughter was killed in 9-11. And it was uh, shortly after 9-11, maybe about a year later, and she was having a very difficult time coping with the death of her daughter. And she was in the system for many, many years. It was New York City Public Schools. And uh, she was taking leave, family leave. And that meant that her job was there whenever she wanted to return. And she was sort of taking, you know, a psychological leave because she couldn't cope. And the man who had hired me had completely misrepresented the job. I.e. lied. Yeah, he completely lied. lied. He fucking lied to you. And and he said it was a it was a staff job, it was a future job was there, and then when I got there they were like, It's daily hire and we don't know how long you're gonna have this job because at any point this woman could return and she was gonna return. She had like twenty years in. So it wasn't like she was gonna give up her pension and everything else. She was gonna at some point go back. Right. Which means they would get rid of me. And I called, I, I, I couldn't call Mark. I don't think we even had cell phones back then. And I went for the day. I you have t- your giant Knight Rider car phone? I probably did. <laughs> and uh, I went for the day, and then I got home, and I explained what happened. And he was like... She was super upset. Super upset, rightfully so. Super upset with, with all the feelings that you would expect after, you know, expecting to walk into, oh, my first day... Of this new chapter, where it's it's a it's a staff job, and I'm gonna have like a new home here, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna really you know grab this by the reins and and really embrace it and be part of part of this school. And she comes home and she tells me this whole story, and she's just you know for those of you out there with a significant other, you know you see somebody that that you know, that you love and that you care about, you know, get fed a bill of goods and, you know, it's, it's not what they expected. I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I, I, I said, you know what? I make enough money. I make enough money for the both of us. You know what? You call this guy up and you tell him to go fuck himself. 
and you know what, and tell him that the next time that he lies to somebody else, maybe they won't show up at all. And so I was a wimp at that time. And when he said that, you have to go in and you have to tell him, no way, you're oh, not God. staying in the I shop. Was furious. He was. And I was beside myself because I was like, I can't do that. Because remember, back to the original idea of this podcast, I don't expect anything of anybody and I take whatever's given to me. And I think what broke my heart was the kids were so excited that I was there because they evidently, this woman left a while ago and they had subs. So they had a different teacher every single day for weeks. And they said, we're so excited to have you. You're going to be our teacher. And they thought I was there to stay. And Mark said, you have to go in. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You have to go in and say, this isn't right. And so at this point, I couldn't reach him. And I went in the very next morning because I said to Mark, like, also, I can't just leave them high and dry. These are schools. It's not like you can leave a job or whatever. And I went in very early in the morning and I confronted the gentleman and I said exactly what Mark had told me to say. I want to stay. This job was not presented. I went to HR. This was not presented properly. You lied to me, but I said in a very nice way by saying you misrepresented the job. Right. And I don't think I spoke for a second before he was like, I totally understand. Like, he fessed up to completely lying to me. And I was like, listen, this isn't what the job you represented. He's like, yeah, I know. Like, he did not even lie. He's like, yep, I did it. Because you called him out. I totally called him out. You had the backbone to call him out. And I said to him, I will work. It's like 6.30 in the morning. And I said, since I know you can't get a sub, I will work today. But this will be the only day that I will come in. And you know what? Listen, money money is not, I can't believe I'm the one saying this. Money is not the most important thing. But at the same time, it was something absurd and ridiculously insulting where it was like you were walking in there like, 80 like bucks a you day were making something. like $75 for for the day which covered like two thirds of her gas money to right. get where she was going and he totally mm-hmm. understood he was like I understand and he thanked me for staying for the day and right. I worked that one day and that was it but the whole point is like if I had I will tell you the truth if I wasn't with Mark, who said, you need to expect more. They did not tell you the right thing. They are not treating you right. I would have stayed. Yeah, because would have. I would have accepted whatever was given to me. So the point is, it's not even about who you date. It's not even about who you marry. It's in all right. aspects of your life. Sure. It's your friends. It is your employer. It is... You have to know your value and you have to say, this is what I'm worth and you need to show me that respect. I am worth another season of Sensei. I'm totally worth a season of Sensei. Those motherfuckers. I cannot get past it. I cannot get past it. I feel like like eight of my friends just went off a cliff in a bus. Yeah. They were all really good. They were they were very good. But I I I completely agree. I believe, and I have 
always believed since a very young age that to a certain extent the strong will always devour the weak and if you are weak and if you and, and when I say weak I don't mean physical weak I don't mean emotional weak I mean if you let yourself fall into the weak category someone will take advantage of you yeah whether it is a man or a woman in a relationship whether it is an employer whether it is a friend whether it is a family member I there are no victims there are no victims except I'm not talking about true physical victims or or whatever I'm talking about just in the in the in the broader sense of if you if you let yourself remain in a situation where you are getting you know some sort of some form of abuse then you have no one to blame except yourself you have to you have to have the the the, the fortitude to stand up and say i am worth more than this i am better than this and i deserve better than this and that is one thing i i work very hard to teach my kids one of, one of my kids came home today and said <clears throat> excuse me one of my kids came home today and was like oh you know my 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 friend you know he's he's my good friend and and he just he he told me today he said something something along the lines of it you know I'm tired of you always telling me what to do and you know what you're not a good friend I said you know what child number one I said number one in chronological order not really in favoritism I said you know or what child number one pee 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 poo poo I don't I don't is that a Knight Rider reference? No. I don't know what you're talking about. So I said, I said, listen, I said, you don't take anybody's shit. I said, you know what? Your friend is clearly having a bad day. It has nothing to do with you. I said, just give him space. Let him, let him work out whatever is going on. Don't sit there and just take somebody's shit. Whether, whoever it is. That's not your job. Your job in this world is not to take somebody else's shit. Your job in this world is to be your own advocate. Just like, you know, as my kids are kids and, and they're still rather young, we are their best advocate. But I want to teach them to, as they grow older, stand up for yourself. Don't just, don't just take whatever's, whatever somebody is feeding you or whatever bullshit somebody is heaping on top of you. Stand up for yourself. And just say, you know what? Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. I deserve better than this. And I don't even say... I'm not saying you get a pony or get a horse. I'm just saying... Don't let somebody take advantage of you. Because one thing... You know, my entire life I've been, you know, a boy. And one thing that I never really understood... or never really knew about was, and this is something that Ellen kind of instructed me on and let me know about, was women from a very early age are are taught, well, 
don't really know how this is going to play, but it the how how I understood the conversation that we had about this was women from a very early age are taught to be maybe a little more demure and maybe a little more like, well, you know, he's just saying that because he's a man and he doesn't understand how to completely communicate with women and, you know, you don't want to... It's 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 very easy to insult a man... I, I'll be honest, I didn't completely understand the conversation, but, but my entire point about this is... You know, again, especially for women, is you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself, even at the cost of maybe causing someone insult. It, am I am I getting? We share the same brain. You you know you know what I'm talking about. I don't know a fucking thing you're talking. Well, about. that's fucking bullshit. Then it. You told me one time. You you pointing at you. You're the one who said. Like, when you were younger, you you were in a situation where there was a, you know, like, a parent-aged person... Touching me? No. No. That's that's a whole different... That's, a, that's, that's the 11th step. No. Where it's like, you know, you as, as women have this, like, initial reaction to, like, oh, well, you know, if a, you can't say... Not that you can't say no... To a man, but like it becomes a very uncomfortable situation if you say no. Do you, you following what I'm saying? This here? has got to be. I'm drowning. Okay, I'm drowning it. I'm, I, like I'm desperately trying to make a very good point, and I'm I'm just flubbing it all over. The no, place. I think what you're talking about. If I if I'm remembering correctly, I sort of I love Oprah. I always talk about Oprah. Like this is like Plughead. Remember Plughead? Yes. Yes. This is what I'm talking about. And uh, so I watched an Oprah episode with this guy who was a um, expert on. Um, he was like an expert, like with the Secret Service or the FBI, one of those. And it was you're in control of your body, and so you know when your like smelly uncle comes over to you, and 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 gives you a hug as a small child, and your mom's like, "Give Uncle Jimmy a hug." Uncle Jimmy wants to give a hug. And you're like, no, he makes me uncomfortable. And the mother is like, you give your Uncle Jimmy a hug. It's rude not to. It was being in, you're talking about when I was talking about being in control of your body. You should be able, my daughters know, no matter who it is, if if it's my brother who's their uncle, or it was when my father was alive. I remember telling when they were little and my father was alive. If any man makes you uncomfortable, you are in charge of your body. You are able to say, no, I don't want to give a hug. No, I don't want to do that. I remember when my daughter was very young and I was giving her a bath. She must have been four years old. And I would give her a bath and I would go to wash her vagina. And she once said to me, I don't like when you touch me there. And I'm her mother. And I was like, here's the soap and here's a washcloth. Absolutely. Anytime anybody touches you, me, your daddy... If anybody looks at you, it, you are in complete control. Right. And it was that that you're thinking of. Right. And, but I, I'm trying. I'm trying to take it to the next level where it's not. I'm not just talking about like sexual uncomfortable no. or anything like that. But like any, like you know, let's just, let 
let's let's draw let's draw let's draw this scenario quickly. So you know you're like a like a twenty something girl, okay, and you're going like for an interview, you know, at, with with like a, a fifty or sixty year old man, right? And you, you know, you want to be respectful and you want to, you know, oh, this guy's like my dad's age, and you know, oh, okay. Yes, sir. No, sir. You know all all this. Just just because some just because you know somebody is in like an authority figure, or like you associate them as an authority figure, doesn't give anybody the right to knock you down. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's this is not my, one of my finer explanations, but it's. I, I, I know what you're saying. I think, uh, hopefully, you understand. It, it, Herbert totally gets what I'm totally. saying. Totally. When Herbert gets out in front of like a 50 or 60 year old man, I'm sure he knows exactly. I'm I'm about to ask you a question that's like totally like oh you're gonna be like what the fuck is she saying? No, I didn't have a bad experience with a 50 or 60 year old man. No, except for that time on Night Rider. I want to ask you as a summary. Uh huh. You've now been a part of the 10-step process. And again, I'm always surprising Mark. Mark does not know any of these ideas. Pet that dog. The poor dog. No, this is my baby girl. Um, Mark does not know any of these ideas. Now, out of the 10 steps that we have talked about, and I know I'm changing gears here, is there anything that you would have thought I should have added in telling our daughters on our deathbed what you would want them to know. It was hard for me to pick these ten, no, by the I, way. I, I get it. I get some it. were easy. Some were no-brainers that I was like, moderation and, you know, like... And then again, this tenth one that I'm giving you now, it probably took me a month to think of this one. I mean, listen, we've spent the past 12 years... Trying to, trying to, you know, raise kids right. Just to make good and girl. trying to trying to give them the tools in order to be functional members of society. That's that's my that's my that's my big thing. When when I was like, hey hey, get your finger out of your butt. You know why? Because you have to be a functioning member of society. And that's, that's just that's not, just what Mark that's says. Just not. Okay. That's just what Mark says to me. That's, I mean, that's just, hell, that's not even the kids. No. Kids, look at what your mother's doing. That's disgusting. <laughs> you know, I, I, that's, I feel like that's our job. Our, our job. If my kid gets a, gets a D on their, on their, you know, math test about fractions, you, you know what, they're probably still going to be functioning members of society. You know, we we talk about we talk about a lot of things with our kids. We we're very open with our kids. We we talk about we talk about the world. We talk about you know we talk about sex. We talk about you know how especially our twelve year old is like your body is at war with itself. You're going through a lot of changes. We talk about you know respect and respecting other people, and we talk about you know volunteering and we, you know. All these, all these different things that that we've been, all these things that we've been talking about over these past ten grueling podcasts. It's you know we make them funny, but you know it's these are things that we actually 
really strive to teach our kids. It, did we miss anything? Of course we missed stuff. But you know what? You're, as, as a parent, we're always going to miss stuff. And, you know, I think as the years continue, I think our kids are going to teach us stuff. You know, hopefully about technology, but there are always... It's, it's, a, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. And I think the smartest parents are the ones who are open to learning as well as teaching. You know, you can, I can, it, I always hound down the kids, especially when, you know, they're 12 and 10, and the older one, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm, you know, barking at the younger one, I'm like, you know what, that's not good, don't do that, put that back, and take that out, and, and the older one will be like, yeah, he said, put that back, I said, oh, whoa, hey, hey, I don't need second chorus, I don't need, I don't need help here. I said, you know what, you guys will benefit way more by listening than by talking. Every time you talk, you're saying things that you already know. And every time you listen, you have the opportunity to learn something new. I think that's two-way street. I think that goes for us, too. Because when, when I was 12 or 10, we didn't have group chats. We didn't have... Xbox. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have, you know, all of, all of these all these new challenges that that these kids have. So I'm learning too. We had forum. Was that forum? We had bulletin boards. No For, penthouse forum. <laughs> Maybe you had a penthouse forum. <laughs> I had a box of fucking crayons. <laughs> so I had a different kind of box than than you were checking out. But I think, I think the I think the biggest I think the biggest thing that that I would pass on to my kids is, listen, we are not, you know, your mom and your dad. We're not gods. We're not perfect. We are. We're not. Your dad is not perfect. We are, and, and I've said this to them. I said, hey, look, man. I said in. I said, in my vast experience of not having a 12-year-old daughter, I, I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm doing pretty good. I say, you know what, I have to, what I'm telling them is you have to give yourself a break. You have to roll with the punches and everything is not going to go the way that you think. And you have to, you have to understand that Life's not fair. Everybody doesn't get a trophy just for showing up. And you just, you need to find your, what, what do you say? Find your bliss. Find your bliss. You need to find your bliss. You need to figure out what it is in this world that makes you happy, as long as it's not arson, and and just, and go with it. My 12-year-old, she's a comic book geek, and be a comic book geek. My 10-year-old, she's, a, she's an, uh, an art snob, be an art snob. That's fine. These things are all great. I said, you need to do what you have to do and try a million things and figure out who you are. I said, because there's too many people walking in the world right now who don't know who they are and are just walking around unhappy. 
if you want to be a if you want to be a, a plumber, be a plumber. If you want to be a brain surgeon, be a brain surgeon. If you want to be, God help us all, an engineer on Long Island Railroad, eh, pick something else. That's that's not a good idea. If you need to find what makes you happy, because at the end of the day, all you have is you. All you really have is you. And you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm doing okay. I am doing okay, and I am happy with who I am. And that's going to make you, that's going to put you in a better place to be happy who you're with and happy with how life is treating you. There, There's no shortage of people in the world that are like, oh, life is unfair. Yeah, fuck you. Life is 100% unfair. But you, uh, you know, I, I tell them all the time, how many people in this world can you control? One. One. Yourself. So... Don't forget that. Don't forget that you're in control once you're 18. You're in control of your life. And you you have one shot. You have one shot at life. And you have to make the most of it. I actually believe in past life regression. So you oh probably have a whole bunch of shots. I'm sorry, Cleopatra. I, I, I didn't, or Genghis Khan, whichever one you identify with. So I think that's a really good way to end... Our 10-step segment. Sounds like somebody's out of wine. I would like to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. Meaning you, Herbert. And uh, we will continue, but this is just a series that we were doing that we're not going to be doing anymore. Um, please, if you miss any of the steps, go back and check out our previous podcast. And please subscribe to livingcleananddirty.com where so every time we post, you can get an email telling you so you don't miss out on all the fun shit. Your, your daily dose of dirty, one might say. Your daily dose of dirty. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, thank you all for hanging in there for 10 episodes. What I really mean is thank you, Mark, for hanging in there for 10 episodes. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to livingcleananddirty.com. We'll be back soon. That's going to do it for us today, but I promise you, the filth continues on Twitter and Facebook. Also, check out our website, livingcleananddirty.com. Like us, follow us, stalk us, and subscribe to us so you'll be in the know when a new article or podcast drops to give you your daily dose of dirty. And always remember, every time you listen... There's a little bit more of me in you.